Hey everyone, welcome to Post Credit Brews. It's the podcast where we do a review while drinking a cold brew. I'm Dave. And I'm Matt. And we're coming to you live from the Post Credit Lounge, a.k.a. Matt's apartment. It's a good space. It's a good space for what we got to use it for. So, how you doing, Matt? I'm good. How's, uh, how's your week going? Pretty good. Yeah? I do... We do have to do a quick apology to the patrons at uh, Toby's Tavern for our horrible rendition of uh, what are we saying for karaoke? Do you remember? Uh, don't put me on the spot like that. I uh, what did we do? American Girl. American? Did we? Yeah, we did American Girl. Tom was it Petty. that or Learning to Fly? No, it was American Girl. Okay, I think I know the words to Learning to Fly. It wasn't life. wasn't one of our best, for no. sure. I mean, is anyone's karaoke? You know. I thought we had some fire ones. Yeah. I mean, what, Maybe. what did we do? We did, um, what did we do for the, what was the song from How Met Your Mother that we did? 500 Miles. 500 Miles. Is it five? Yeah, okay. What, what, 500 Miles? Yeah. With, um, Sweet Caroline. Bomb, bomb, bomb. Sweet Caroline, yeah. But that wasn't, that wasn't one of our best ones, and I just wanted to apologize to the patrons at, uh, Toby Saver. Were we doing some promotion for Post Credit Brews that night, too? We were trying to. I mean, Possibly, yeah. We gotta, we gotta find a better way to do that. Yeah, yeah. Friday night at a uh, a dive bar might not be the best scene for us to promote this show, but we appreciate everyone out there listening. Yeah. So, but um, what do we got on the agenda for today, Matt? So today we are going to be doing a look back at Game of Thrones. So, um, pretty much what we're going to be jumping into is just. You know, Dave kind of talking about how he got into the show, how I got into the show. Um, a big portion of the show is just going to be talking about season eight, uh, which all I can say about season eight is, eh. And then we're going to talk about the prequels because supposedly HBO has like five prequels lined up for this show. Uh, there was some big news about them last week. One of them got completely canceled after a pilot was filmed, and uh, there's a few others in the works there. Uh, there's a full-on Targaryen prequel coming out, so uh, wait till the end for us to talk about that. But uh, how do you feel about the show, Dave? I really, really liked it, and I'll reserve some of my comments about the ending for when we get to that point. But overall, I really did enjoy it. I was hooked instantly. Steph, if, if it wasn't for the ending, it probably would have been one of the best shows I've ever seen. Yeah, the the ending soured it for me, for sure. I, uh, I Again, like... I, once the show ended, everyone was talking about how much they hated the last three seasons. And, like, from my perspective, I was like, I enjoyed, you know, season six with Battle of the Bastards and uh, season seven with, I forget what the episode was called, but when they went beyond the wall, you yeah, know, Daenerys yeah. saved them at the end on mm-hmm. the dragon. Um, season eight, again, like, I, that ending really kind of ruins the rest of the season for me. Yeah, and the thing about the show is that it's not the easiest, like, genre and, like, topic to get people to get hooked onto. No. Like, I remember when I first saw, like, the first episode, you see the horses and the medieval harps playing mm-hmm. and they, the king walking in the kneel, and I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? It's not for everyone. Uh, I, what I would say is before we do a deep dive into Game of Thrones, uh, what we should talk about is the beer that we have featured tonight. Ooh. So it is... Uh, from Flying Fish Brewing Company, and it is the Go Birds Pale Ale. Uh, Flying Fish is from Somerdale, New Jersey, in Camden County. Our second Jersey beer. 
Second Jersey beer. It's uh, it's local. I'd say it's still local. But yeah, tri-state. Yeah, I think uh, this looks like a good beer. Yeah, the artwork looks kind of cool. It looks like it's a um a, a fish carcass, but the the spines are supposed to be um football laces, as in like go birds. Go birds. Birds doing well this season. We're not going to talk about the birds on this podcast. All right, that's uh, it's for another time. Exactly. So, uh, as everyone is expecting, our signature post-credit beer crack. Dave, cheers! Cheers! You're kind of late on that one, Dave. Don't. It's not a race. So, yeah. So, what I want to do, Dave, is kind of to talk about how did you get into Game of Thrones? Uh, let's see. Besides you telling me about it, um, and I, I, I kind of like ignored, ignored you t- telling me about it for like about because I think it was like season two when I started when I jumped into season one. Yeah. But I think what got it for me was the the Ned Stark on Winter's Coming memes that were out all over the internet. <laughs> the a meme got you into the show. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. No, nah, there was yeah. That's the I beauty- remember like finals week. You'd always see that one like finals are coming. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that, that's like the beauty of like memes in general though. Is that like mm-hmm. I did a, a class in college and like. Oh, the whole like semester was about the word meme, and how it's just like a word, an idea, a picture, like anything that elicits a reaction to to anything. So that's it's it was a perfect example of like what what a meme is. Yeah. So what was it like? You saw the meme and you were just like, "This is sparking some popularity or something." I saw I saw one place too many, and I'm like, "Well, all right, this this like what, what is this? Like he just this is a guy holding his fingers like like um." No, like the the, the mid mid circle, um, yeah, hampers. I'm like, what what is this guy doing? What's he doing? Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that's good because I think w- with that, I don't, season one is such a different, such a different product than like the rest of what they did with Game of Thrones after that. And I think when you kind of look at the production value that was part of it in season one versus like what it's like in season five, you're just like, wow, yeah. So and let's just put it, put it all on the table right now. You read the books. I did not read the books. I did read the books. So we have a nice little tug and pull right now where, like, you have a different perspective on the show than I do. I think this is pretty exciting because that brings two different sides of the, of the argument to the table. Yeah, and I I think a good point for that, too, that we can kind of go into is, like, comparing, like, the books to the show is uh, I think the books really kind of served as a roadmap for the creators of Game of Thrones for at least until halfway through season five and then after that they were kind of like they were in the deep end on their own and it was like what do we do with the story and i you know they worked closely with george rr martin i know but i i think at the end of the day it was like those books really kind of served as like training wheels for them and then once they were kind of left to their own devices it was just you know i I don't think they delivered as well as they could have exactly so uh but yeah i did read the books i read the books a while ago um, you know, I remember the first few books being, uh, the, the first few seasons being very faithful to those first few books. Uh, it, book one, two, and three, I remember pretty well. Four and five was tough, because I remember four, each book, like each chapter is dedicated to a different character. So one, like, like 30 pages are just devoted to Tyrion, and it's just kind of like you're with that character, you know what he's thinking, like you're, you know, you're reading from his perspective. And season book four and five split up the characters. So I, I again, I, I read them so long ago, but I remember like 
I think Daenerys is in book five, but she's not in book four. Okay. Um, so like certain characters are in book four, certain characters are in book five, uh, which I think I think that translates a lot better in a show versus um, a book. But that's the the one thing I was like curious about. That someone that read the book was like George R. R. Martin seems like the kind of guy that just like is he like scatterbrained with his thoughts or was it? very well put together because it's, it's a lot it's a lot to yeah, process for me what what I think happened is I think the show just caught such popularity that it was like he has no time to write the books like he's just like people are asking me about these shows people are asking me about these prequels what am I going to get around to writing this sixth book do you think they should have waited for all the books to be done for them before they started the show no I again I, I feel like when they started this show I think they were expecting by the time the show ended Right. That the books would have been done, mm-hmm. um, and Game of Thrones just got so popular. But that's my opinion. You know, I, I think everyone else kind of has their own opinion about the show and the books, and um, you know, the pop culture that it's kind of you know been a part of since starting. But I, I mean, you can't, regardless of how you think the show ended, I don't think you can deny how popular and how mainstream it is now. Yeah, you know. But yeah, no, I, I read the books, I started watching the show. I, I didn't start watching the show till season two. And I... Uh, Let you go back and watch season one. I did, yeah. I think before season two started, maybe like a month or so before then, I watched season one. Um, it's a quick watch. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it hooks you instantly. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. And then after season two, I remember I started reading the books. It's a very good show. Very good books. Yeah, and we're about to do um, a deep dive into this. So, if you haven't seen the show, mm-hmm. if you're curious about seeing the show, I would recommend that you stop watching now. Stop just, watching. Just go away. Go get yourself a flying go birds um, flying fish beer and uh, have a good time. You can take it with you um, and just catch up on the show and then get back to us. Just not in the car. Please don't do that. Yeah, don't drink and drive. Please do not drink and drive. I mean, we should start getting paid for these PSAs. We're doing every episode now. I agree. <laughs> sure. Uh, but but so before we do the deep dive into season eight, Dave, what I want to know is kind of who who's your standout character? Who's like your go-to in the show? That's a that's a pretty full question. Is it like my so fa- my favorite or like most overall like most well put together character? Yeah, your your favorite. My favorite character is Brianna Tarth. Good choice. Mm-hmm. She's a badass. I like Brienne o- a lot. Overcome the odds, the the the, the gender stereotypes for a show that's taking place in that kind of time period. Mm-hmm. I thought that it was it was groundbreaking to have such a and just her her over stature. She looks very butch mm-hmm. and very masculine. Yeah. So it's definitely like it was it was nice seeing someone like like overcome the odds in that kind of regard. Mm-hmm. But overall, but just. For the main reason, she's a badass. She is a badass. Yeah, and I, I think there's a lot of good traits in Brienne. Mm-hmm. Not even just being like a good a good fighter, but I think like just the, how loyal she is. Oh yeah, is you know I mean you don't really see that in a lot of traits in these characters in this show. And I, I mean she is just like loyal to a T. Whether it's her loyalty toward 
Um, it was Rem. It was Rem. It was a Remley. Remley Baratheon. Remley Baratheon. And then and then he dies. And then yeah. she goes goes right over to Catelyn Stark. Catelyn Stark. Just house to house, like you know. Yeah. She just yeah. jumps. Mm-hmm. And the thing I I think that this, the quality I really liked about her, like you just mentioned, her loyalty, especially to the Stark girls. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like when she when she unexpectedly runs into the Hound, and then it's like she she almost doesn't recognize Arya at first, and then she's like, "Wait, you're Arya Stark." I swore this for your mother, and then it's you know her and the Hound fighting, mm-hmm. which is a great fight. Oh yeah, <laughs> they th- and they definitely like finally addressed the sexual tension between Jamie and Brienne in the in the final season. But her eye was always focused on getting the Stark girls home safe. Dave, um, we are going to save the Brienne Jamie stuff for the season eight deep dive, which we're about to jump in to. Um, I did not like it. No. I hated it. <laughs> it's one of the worst parts of season eight, and we will talk about it more later. But let me let me ask you the same question. What was your like standout star for the show? See, standout I mean, I think you really could kind of go with the obvious choice and be like Tyrion was great. I thought you were gonna say hot pie. Hot pie <laughs> Yeah. Hot pie was good. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of other characters. You know, I mean, the, the regular, like, Jon Snow, Daenerys, those types. Um, I think Game of Thrones worked the best with the side characters. Um, I always, everything the Hound did, I always liked, he was always really good. The Hound was good. The Hound. I mean, Brienne was a great choice, too. Um, God, who else? I'm trying to think. But I, for me, my favorite, and I think this is especially toward the end, I Davos Seaworth. Was one of my favorite characters. I forgot about Davos. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, I, I really liked Davos, and I liked that he wasn't like he wasn't this showy character. He was always just kind of like, uh, you know, I mean, you saw him with Stannis for a while, and he always kind of had differing opinions from Stannis, but he was kind of loyal to Stannis. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, I mean, toward the end of the the seasons, you saw him with Jon Snow more. But, yeah, I mean, he was good for comic relief. I always thought he was kind of like the voice of reason. Too. Yeah. Um, I like that storyline with him and Stannis' daughter, where it was like she was teaching him how to read. You know, he was pretty upset that they burned her alive. Yeah, so. a- anyone would be. That was one of the most gruesome <laughs> scenes I've ever seen in, in TV history. This show went dark. The show went dark. In more ways than none. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, character-wise, that's where we're at. But what about episodes? Did any specific episodes stick out to you? Battle of the Bastards is really good. For sure. Yeah. What's the other one? Hard Home? That's what it's called. That's the one where, like, they go beyond the wall. And, like, all the the walkers. That's the Well, that's the, the infamous scene. Yeah. With, um... What is it? The Night King. And he's standing at the end of the dock just with oh. his hands out. Oh, yeah. Like, like, the, like, come come at me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, um, that was good. I liked, uh... Obviously, the Red Wedding. The Purple Wedding. Mm. Um, people don't talk about the purple wedding that much. No, I mean the red wedding is that's that's the big one. Well, it's but. like yeah, the the red wedding was like the the, the most shocking thing at, at at its time. Like, mm-hmm. do you remember all like that's when like all the viral videos of like people watching that scene and freaking out yeah. like, became like the biggest thing on like YouTube and Twitter. And I, to be honest with you, I think that's where Game of Thrones really got a lot of viewers. Exactly, was from that. Mm-hmm. Like everyone was like, oh my god, did you see what happened on Game of Thrones? Did you see this? Did you see that? And then. 
the Red Wedding was the big one for that. But I mean, I'm sure there were other moments where people were just like, "Wow!" But when people when they was that the name of the title, Purple Wedding? Was that what the name of the title was? As the unofficial, unofficial. Title. Yeah. So like when you yeah. when you when you choose a color and put it in front of the word wedding, I get really freaked out now. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta you gotta be careful. So I, I expected someone to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's that song? The Reigns of Castamere or something? Is that what they play at the wedding? Sure. If you're ever at a wedding and you hear the Reigns of Castamere playing, get <laughs> just, out of there just as run. soon as possible. <laughs> just run, yeah. yeah. I don't think it's ever going to happen to anyone here, but just... You've heard it here on Post Credit Brews. We warned you. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, epi- I think you really kind of talked about a lot of the big episodes. Um, Battle of the Bastards is the best. I yeah. don't. I don't think you can beat that. You and it had like the that. most the most satisfying like death at the end of it too with um Ramsey Bolton getting yeah. mauled by his dog. Oof. Let Let me ask you a question, Dave. Who is worse, Joffrey Baratheon or Ramsey Bolton? I had to go to Ramsey Bolton, just because Joffrey was an immature kid, and really didn't have you really. If you really think about it, like he's only what like like three four seasons. Didn't really have, like, in that time span, like, think of you, he's like a 13-year-old kid. Didn't really have that much time to develop and even, like, maybe get a, a sense of consciousness. Ramsey was a full-on, like, like, young adult, you know? So you think just because he was a kid, that justifies his actions? I don't think it justifies his actions. I just, you said it, it, Ramsey's, I think Ramsey's definitely worse. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ramsey is for sure worse. Um, I mean, Joffrey was horrible, too. He had his dog's maul as like was that was that like his um his sister or and and the new baby brother, yeah his um babysitter I guess whoever oh his dad it was like an arranged yeah. marriage was it like something yeah but yeah no he yeah he got his dogs to kill him like he was Ramsey was sick Joffrey was sick too I mean it's, the show is full of sick characters yeah yeah so that you cannot deny. It's funny that, like, this show came out in a time where, like, everyone gets so sensitive about everything, and, like, this show just, like, it's a full, like, male, male dominance, and, and women are just, are just, like, are just breeders, and, you know, stay at home, and, mm-hmm. you know, like, that's how, that's how they were portrayed, like. Yeah, and I, I think this show got some, uh, no, I, I wasn't gonna say, I, I felt like this show was always kind of. You never saw any like back talk about that. It was a weird, well, because I think it was a weird like mixture of like this show's treatment of women is pretty bad, but it also has a lot of powerful women, and I, I think you saw that toward the later seasons too, where you really saw like some of these female characters um, really coming into their own, you know, mm-hmm. and really yeah. being like strong characters. Uh, whether you have like Daenerys or uh, you know Masande or you know all those characters. But. Yeah, and no, I agree. Like, you definitely couldn't have, like, a modern-day version of Game of Thrones where, like, all this shit happens in, like, San Diego. It just wouldn't have... It, it would not get get past, like, the green light for TV. Do you think Dragons would still be in it? Um, depending on the area and the, and the drugs that people take, maybe, maybe they'll see Dragons. <laughs> drugs people take? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, that's a good point. Because I, I always felt like you kind of saw, like, both sides of the spectrum mm-hmm. whether it be like this show is very female empowered and the show treats women pretty bad and i think it kind of there's a good mixture of both yeah you know? i don't know you just want to just jump right into season eight let's jump into season eight uh i will admit dave i have not rewatched a, a lot season seven in particular 
what I would do is I remember I would watch the episode right when it premiered. Because that's the other thing we got to bring up is like this is I don't think water coolers really water cooler shows really exist anymore. But I would say like if this was ten years ago, this would be a water cooler show. Yeah, this this you know what I'm saying. Yeah. If you didn't catch the episode right when it aired, you're missing out, and you're gonna get spoiled when you go into work the next day. And oh yeah, see Richard at the water cooler, and he's like, "Hey, guess what? Daenerys has three dragons now." Yeah, everyone everyone's right. got our, everyone's got a Richard in the office. Yeah, he's he's horrible. It was funny that my work, like, if, like, people will walk in and, once, like, people, like, would avoid other people's cubicles just because, like, you knew, like, that's, like, what everyone was talking about. Yeah. But it was literally, like, the first thing people talked about when you went into the office was Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, it was, yeah. It was, it was uh-huh. nice to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I can remember, like, being at, at work and I can remember, um, you know, going out and just, like, hearing, like, you know, somebody say, like, yo, did you catch Game of Thrones last night? And, like... Like I said, like I was a fan, so I watched it when it premiered. But if you didn't watch it when it premiered, I would have gotten it spoiled for me. Mm-hmm. So, again, I, I think that's a good point to bring up. Of like, th- this is for sure a water cooler show. Oh yeah. If and you missed it, it's getting spoiled and worth the next day. Uh, so yeah, the first episode is titled Winterfell, and I, again, I haven't rewatched this since I watched it the first time. But I remember there were a lot of parallels between. The f- very first episode of the show, and this with John and Danny coming to Winterfell, and Sansa and Arya kind of welcoming them. Yeah, I'm putting air quotes up, welcoming them. Welcoming, yeah. Because there was a lot of animosity between Sansa and Danny. Yeah, and it, it reminded me a lot of the first episode of the series when um the when the the Lannisters the Lannisters came into yeah. into Winterfell. Yeah, well, Lannisters, Baratheons, they're Lannisters. But. Yeah. So, yeah, I love um, I like John Addy as um as King Baratheon. I, yeah, John Addy doesn't get enough credit for being in that first season. <laughs> One of the best deaths too. Yeah, yeah. He got bitten by a boar. Yeah, yeah. He was on a hunt. And I want to apologize up front for if we miss say names and places. I think George R. R. Martin was smoking the good stuff when he was writing this. Probably, yeah. George R. R. Martin. He's a twisted man. He's a sick man. Exactly, exactly. Like, uh, but yeah, no, the first episode, Winterfell. Good, I mean, I think one thing with this show was this show had been off the air for close to two years. And that's the big thing why I knew it was going downhill, because it was a good two-year gap between seven and eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That alone was a big red flag for me right there. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's amazing that even then... People are like, they rushed that last season, they rushed that last season, because the last season wasn't all that great, you know? Right. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I remember you, you see John rides a dragon. I wasn't really crazy about that. I mean, I think it was good that it signified, like, this dude's a Targaryen, but outside of that, I was just like, I don't need to see this. Yeah, there's one, yeah. I think, in this ep- it might have been this episode, maybe the second one, there's one where it was a, like a... 10 minute like them just flying around on the dragon that was this one. Oh, was it yeah yeah and i'm just like you really do we really need this mm-hmm. yeah no we we did not especially when like they say you have eight episodes to like wrap up like 20 different stories and you have 10 minutes to then just flying a fucking dragon around yeah i get uh, yeah i remember i wasn't crazy about that they did a lot of like setup with um in king's landing with cersei mm-hmm and I think at the end of this episode, Jamie, no, it was the end of the last season where Jamie left. 
But yeah, this was just like Cersei in King's Landing. I think she gets Bronn to try and go and get her brothers or something. Yeah, Bronn becomes a hitman for um to go at, go after um Jamie and Tyrion. Great character. He was used horribly. Yeah, in this last season. He was like he was the character where like I think they wrote the episodes and they were just like, are we forgetting anyone? And then when they looked back at like what they filmed, they were just like, no, we forgot Braun. There's certain characters <laughs> that like they wrote into the, into the show to make it like a little more comic relief, and I think he was one of them. Yeah, yeah, but I, I liked his character. Yeah, I liked his relationship with Tyrion. I liked his relationship with Jaime. Yeah, and then this last season, you were just like, come on, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I don't know what much more to say about this episode, Dave. Do you have anything else you want to say? Nah, I really forget. I really forget. Like I forget how it the ends. timelines. Yeah. I, so I think I think it's John goes back there and says Danny's with us, and I think it's them just trying to convince them that the 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 Night King's coming. I think they're just trying to convince everybody like they're here to help us. Yeah, yeah, they want to help. I liked episode two. What's the title of it? Because you have them all written down right there. Uh, A Night of the Seven Kingdoms. It's them. Just the whole episode is just them just preparing, and they realize that they're about to die. It's very like Lord of the Rings, Two Towers ish. Mm-hmm. They're in Helm's Deep, just kind of. There's a good you know. scene where they're all like sitting by the fire, and the one thing that Brienne and Tarth always wanted to be was be knighted. Mm-hmm. So Jamie knights her. They're all drinking and yeah, sharing a heartfelt moment, but also realizing like, hey, we're gonna die. Yeah, no, there, there are some great moments in this. The first episode ends, Jamie goes to Winterfell. Oh, yeah, Jamie arrives, yeah. And he does, like, an awkward, like, eye contact with Bran Stark. Yeah. Who, we're gonna save our talk about Bran Stark until later, but it's not my favorite character. And, uh, but no, yeah, you're right. It's just kind of like the, um, you know, all, like, let's air all our shit before we're possibly about to die. Exactly. And, uh, so they're, they're all kind of, like, hanging around. I think the Brienne jamie stuff really stuck out to me in this episode. I liked it when you see Jamie seeing Brienne training the guys in the yard, and then Jamie goes up to her and he's just like, "Look, I'm not the fighter I used to be, but I would be honored to fight under you." Yeah. And, and as, I, as someone that, that has always been called the King Slider and like I'm the man, and yeah, it, it was nice seeing him like you know take a step back and say like, "Hey, I'm not the best one here. Like, you are definitely a better person than I am." Yeah, and and Jamie's not a perfect person, but I really liked this scene of just him saying look I respect you I see how far you've come I want to fight for you the word to describe Jamie Lannister though, like as his progression as a character is humble I think he's become mm-hmm. he, he when he like especially when he loses his hand yeah you, you watch like, those first few seasons you know he's, he's, he's the long hair golden 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 hair you know yeah. like the uh, rich boy prick and then mm-hmm. he gets a reality check gets his hand cut off yeah, and prisoner, and you know, just everything, just just dumping on him, and now he just like gets a sense that uh, he's not on top of the world. Yeah, his his moral compass kind of starts to point north. Mm-hmm. So that really kind of stuck out to me. And then yeah, you have that moment where they're singing around the fire. Well, Podrick is singing around the fire. He just breaks out in song. Yeah, and I didn't know he had those pipes. He had those voices. Yeah. Uh, he had that voice. And uh, I don't remember what else happens. Arya and Gendry, they have a thing that happens. I wasn't really crazy about that, to be honest. That was weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't have to say much more about that. It's, Arya's whole character, 
She was my she was my prediction to take the throne, and I've told you that for years and years. You have said that, yeah. I think she had one of the most wasted storylines in the entire series too. The, I think they could have done a lot more with her. The many faced guy storyline was one of the dumbest things I, I have seen in the show. I could not stand it at all. But you see, it was dumb. But when it played, it played really well. Like when she disguised herself as uh, one of the, the maids in like Walter Frey's Walter house, Frey. and then she murders him. Like that was good. Uh, I, I mean, again, we'll kind of save uh, probably for the best episode that I think from the season, the Long Night, which is the big battle of Winterfell. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that's a great scene. You know, I think that's the best episode of this season. Uh- Episode I think she three, really well in it. Yeah, the whole battle of a winter film. Yeah, um, so we can jump right into that. So yeah, episode, we can jump into that. Epi- yeah. Episode two, you know, like I said. Before we do that, though, can we talk about? So we talked about the Jamie, uh, Brienne stuff, but I, I also really liked when he knighted her. Yeah, and you saw how much that meant to her, and mm-hmm. you saw how supportive everyone else was. Tyrion, who who all was around? I mean, there was Davos. great great side characters. Davos, I think uh, Tormund was there. Tormund. Oh yeah, and he, Jorah was Jorah there? Jorah was not there. I don't think was he not? Yeah, uh, Jorah, Jorah might have been there. Maybe. You know the, what else tor- happens tor- in this episode that was horrible? Bronn randomly shows up. He did, like out of nowhere. It, it was like it was almost like a play. Like enter stage left, Bronn, <laughs> and he's just like, <laughs> "Your sister offered me all this money to kill you. He's yeah, like, I'm not going to yeah. do it. Like, what are you going to offer me?" Horribly used this season, Bronn. But yeah, now great side characters in that fire. Is there anything else you want to say, Dave? Tormund, you know, he had that that one fame. I, what was, do you know the story that he that he was telling? He messed up. He he was like pretending to be like a baby for a giant or something. <laughs> I it was weird. I you know I like Tormund. I think they really kind of realized how much the audience liked Tormund, and they just like played to that way too much. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, the the one thing I'll notice I noticed a lot about the last couple seasons was they tried incorporating a lot more comedy into it. And I mm-hmm. think it's just because they it grew such a big fan base. That I thought they were worried that maybe that if it wasn't in much of a serious tone as it usually was, maybe they would have thought, would have like tipped off a little bit. Yeah, and I mean I, I don't have a problem with them using comedy. I think if it serves the story well, that's fine. But I think in the this last season, I think it was very heavy handed. And yeah. it's just like, like we need a really funny torment line here. Let's have him say something inappropriate, mm-hmm. or let's have him like make like a, you know, a glance toward Brienne. Yeah. And it was just like, all right, we get it. He likes Brienne. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, but yeah, now let's jump into. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about the second episode, dude? How would you feel if you were Tyrion and you were told you had to go into the crypt with the kids and the ladies? Um. Uh, you know what? I would my trump card would be Blackwater, and I'll be like, "Look, I saved King's Landing. Like, I don't get enough recognition that I should for it, but I did that." Yeah. Um, but at the same time, too, if I was Tyrion, I would just be like, "Look, no one really cares about me." <laughs> but I mean, Tyrion's a good fighter. Yeah. Um, but I, one thing I think we will get into the Long Night is like they all should have died. Like oh, I, yeah. I enjoy this episode a lot, but like. How did Sam make it out of this episode? Yeah, like I said, how did anyone like, make it out of this episode? You know? So, episode three, it's what the title is... The Long Night. The Long Night, you just yeah. said, yeah. Mm-hmm. The whole episode is the Battle of Winterfell. Yeah. The Night King and his army come and storm um, Winterfell in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Open up with a pretty bad, badass way. Um, Melisandre walks up and just like lights a fire, and and it gets everybody pumped up. Yeah, yeah, all of them pumped. The Dothraki are just like, I mean, you would think they were at a metal, Metallica concert, you know? They were going nuts. Yeah, dude, the Dothraki. It seems like every episode they they just get bigger and bigger in, in well, size. It, every episode, they like they lose half their army, and then they come back like three times stronger. <laughs> what do you think the average salary uh, as an extra extra Dothraki is? Oh, probably more than no probably idea. more than you and I make. There, uh, there's a really good documentary on. It, it came. It premiered after Game of Thrones ended, but I mean, pretty much the whole documentary was about like this episode, or like most of it revolved around the Long Night, mm-hmm. and just I mean, this, this episode took like. Took a long time to film. I don't want like I don't want to say the, exactly like how long it might have. Just I know I don't it, was wanna... like, it was like fifty four days or something like that. It took a while, and they all they had to film it at night. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, and it was cool. The documentary is really cool because it focuses on like the little people. Okay, and so I'll to check it on... out. I never knew this was a thing. Yeah, it's cool. So it, it, I forgot what it's called. Is it, it focuses on, H- on? Is it on HBO? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it's cool because it focuses on, yeah, people like the extras. It focuses on uh, cameramen. It focuses on lighting people. And they were just talking about how tough of a job it was filming this episode. But I, I would say of all the episodes this season, this is the best one. For ten days after this episode airs, Matt's going to have his HBO account, username and password, in the description if you want to check this out. Username mlutz2019, and my password is uglyugly321. Okay. Just use it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the whole episode is just this big battle, and the parts that you were actually able to see, I enjoyed, because it was very, very dark. It's tough to see this episode, yeah. Um, It was tough to see... Except when the Dothraki run into the hordes with their lighted swords from Melisandre. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll get into it later. But I'm just, like, well, I don't know how Dothraki were still around at the end of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, like I just said, like, every episode they seem like they just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I, I felt bad for them. Like, <laughs> you're, you're literally sending them to get murdered. Like, they're the first ones to go out there. Yeah, I like the scenes where um, Daenerys and Johnson are on the dragons and you know driving around shooting fire and yeah. trying to get into the tussle with the Night that King was, and um. But even that was tough to see. Like it was, yeah. you know, I mean, there's visual effects like you, I don't, whatever. Um, no, but that was cool though. Yeah. And then the one part that like you know I I knew there was gonna be a twist like it seemed like it was so this was just such a simple battle and then the Night King lands and he raises his hands and everybody that was killed. Just yeah. rises and, and joins him. Like in the middle of the whole thing, and yeah. it makes it even funnier that like the women and children and Tyrion are all in the crypt with all these dead bodies, so all of them start becoming alive. Yeah, I, this was something that I think a lot of people predicted was going to happen. Mm-hmm. It was like you know, send the men and women or men and women, children and women into the crypts. It's a smart plan, like yeah. in hindsight, if you're not facing a dead army. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't the smartest. Like them. if you're facing Ramsey Bolton, I'm putting all the, all them down in their crypt. Yeah, but if you're fighting the night, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The, yeah, the Night King. But I, I don't know what else we can really talk about this episode. Like we talked about the John Danny stuff, the Dothraki. I, 
again, I'll kind of go back. Like, I have no idea how, like, Samuel Tarly makes it out of this episode alive. Well, let's also talk about, so who Pip dies, who is on the wall with John mm-hmm. and them. Um, Jorah dies. Who Somebody else dies, right? All the expensive, like oh. all the expensive yeah. second second tier characters that were on yeah. the payroll definitely got killed off. Jorah died. Beric Dondarrion dies. Mm-hmm. The Lord of the Light. Um, and I, I liked his death. I mean, I didn't like his death a lot, but I think it had a lot of meaning. You know, same with Theon's. And Theon, yeah. No, I, I like Theon. Uh, yeah. What, what do they do? They send Bran to the Godswood. Yeah, that, He's like, that's this free. is what should happen. We haven't even talked about. No one cares about Bran. So. <laughs> Brand, whatever. Um, Can I say though, like, we should jump right into it. Yeah. Arya killing the Night King was one of the most badass things I've ever seen. But his death was one of the most pathetic things I've ever seen. First, no, no, the Night King. Oh. Okay. Yeah. No, it was. Yeah, it it was quick for him. Arya killing him was the most badass thing. But him dying the way he did, and how much you build him up as like this immortal being, and he just dies by a little snip. Yeah. You know, it was quick. I do like that concept though, where it's like if I mean, it's kind of an easy concept. It's like a Phantom Menace concept, where mm-hmm. it's like one goes down, they all die. Um, he kind of died like Darth, Darth Maul, the Night King. Yeah, like kind of yeah. t- 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 kind of like they you know just one thing. And he's just like just done. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't drug it, drug drugged out. Yeah, drawn out. I should say drawn out. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, I think this was a good. Uh, this was a good episode. Yeah, Theon dying, right? So he, he's protecting Bran. I I liked kind of the redemption story they gave Theon. So, I mean, Theon, Theon did some bad stuff. Yeah. Like, you know? And then for him to protect Bran, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, they're in the crypts. The old guys are, the, uh, the bones are kind of coming up from the dead and trying to kill them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, then you had the Godswood and Arya. What is it? The, the Night King's about to kill Bran, and then Arya kind of comes out of nowhere, and... The Night King catches her. Yeah. And she, she does, like, a a quick twist with the with the, the dagger, so she drops it, drops it, and catches it with her other hand, and just gives him a jab right in the side. Right to the side? Yeah. And he just, like, shatters like glass. Yeah. And that causes his whole army to just descend Mm-hmm. So like yeah, I think you see like Sam Tolly and like Jorah and all them. They're like right in like the the moments right right they're about to get caved in and like they'll start exploring right in front of them. Yeah, you know what I really liked with the Arya stuff in the Night King is when you kind of go back to the first season when she's practicing with Sergio. Is that his name, Sergio? Yeah, the guy that she's she's practicing with, and. His whole thing, his whole motto is, what do we say to the god of death? Not today. Says, not today. And I, that was a really cool callback. There's a cool t- There's a cool t-shirt out there. It's like, Arya started doing like the Air Jordan, you know, like, holding <laughs> up with the whole dagger with that. Yeah, yeah, and it says, not today. We should, we should get that. I, I would wear that shirt. Yeah, it's pretty I cool. I would wear that shirt. And there's also a, a um, really cool, a really cool shirt of, um, Jon Snow and Sam, and Sam, but it's like Pulp Fiction, and instead of holding guns, they're holding, um, Dragon glass. <laughs> That's good. <too. laughs> That's good. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I I really liked that whole thing. 
mm-hmm. her killing the the Night King, and then uh, what else kind of happened? I, that was kind of the end of it. So yeah. do we do we get the body count? Uh, I'm, to, <laughs> the I'm body sorry, count. countless Dothraki, Jorah Mormont, <laughs> Theon, Pip, Masande. Yeah, kind of like a Vaporeon, you know? Beric Dondarrion. Yeah, I think, I think like, that was it. Most of the, the B characters kind of got killed off. Yeah, I I liked Jorah. I liked Jorah. I don't think Jorah could have handled what happens to Daenerys in Episode Five, though. I don't think I don't think he I don't think he could deal with Daenerys getting a cut. Yeah, he was like King Friendzone if there ever was one. Yeah, the face of Friendzone if there ever was one. He was very loyal. Poor guy. Rest in peace, Jorah Mormont. I just want to pour one out for Lady Mormont in this episode. We we forgot to mention her. I, how do we forget to mention her? Honorable mention. Yeah, she died one of the most like gruesome, but like perfect deaths. Like bad, most badass eleven year old I've ever seen. She took drag, dragon glass to a giant's eye, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right so it was pouring out to Lady Mormont. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. I just want to talk about the beer that we're drinking today. Yes. It's the uh, the Go Birds Pale Ale, Flying Fish Brewing Company. This is a pretty good beer. Yeah. The can says, This hazy, juicy pale ale evokes hints of citrus and mango. Perfect for the professional ornithologist. Ornithologist. Or casual birder alike. Keep your eyes to the skies and raise a can to our favorite birds. Hashtag Go Birds. It's supposed to be a flying fish. It tastes good. I mean, it stays true to what it's saying, the citrus and mango. I could definitely taste that a lot. I like it. Yeah, no, I mean, I like pale ales, like IPAs. Sometimes more, some of them can be stronger than others, and I think this is a good balance of, like where they're saying, like the citrus flavors and stuff in there. Um, I think it's good. Yeah, and as every episode, I like to just act like a wrestling announcer. This is weighing in at 6% alcohol, so... um it's not something that you that you want to just you have a couple of these just uh, just don't drive, don't drive. Um, what I will say though, Dave, is do you think any of the characters in Game of Thrones had this before the Battle of Winterfell? Maybe Sam Sam Tully. I was just gonna say that. Yeah, I, I think Sam. I think Will he needed. I think he needed it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it kind of helped him in the battle, even though he kind of just kind of like rolled over from oh, yeah. it. Maybe it made him a better fighter. I don't know. I just saw Sam yelling. Yeah. Like, I did not see Sam actually like fighting yeah. anyone. I'll tell you what, though. He definitely need a couple of these just to stand being around Gilly. At least I would. Don't, don't speak ill of Gilly, Dave. It's the best <laughs> character in the show. Oh, man. She's a few tacos short of a combination, but there's never any was a character. So, I mean, Flying Fish Brewing Company. Yeah. It's pretty good. I, I give it a 4 out of 5. I would give it a 4 out of 5, too. So, if, if, if you have any interest, if you're a Birds fan like Matt and I are, mm-hmm. go Birds. Go Birds. Um, Just give it, give it a taste. It's pretty good. Yeah. And just have a good time with it. The postcard of brews with Matt and Dave. Do we want to jump into episode four, Dave? Yeah. Let's do it. So episode four is titled The Last of the Starks. 
And from what I remember from this episode, this was kind of them picking up the pieces from um, the long night, right? Yeah. So the, yeah, there's a nice, there's a, a, a nice, well done funeral scene. Mm-hmm. Where um, they they burn the bodies, mm-hmm. they burn Jorah, Theon, and then and then it turns into the now what? Yeah, well, not even the now what, but like they're just celebrating. Oh yeah, this you know, is oh, yeah, you're like right, you're right, you're right. Partying, and this is also that episode with the infamous Starbucks coffee cup on the table. Yeah, the Starbucks coffee. Did mm-hmm. they ever find out who did that? That's probably like an extra. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 it's a dumb I mean, racky. Even if it was Amelia Clark that left it there, they would probably blame it on someone else. Dothraki number 37 left his coffee cup on the yeah. table. <laughs> yeah. But I'm trying to think of, like, standouts from this. So, like, in this episode, um, da- Daenerys names Gendry, Lord of Storm's End. I mm-hmm. think is that what it's called? Or Cat- Lord of Casterly Rock. Yeah. Something. I-, I forget. One of those places. That was nice. But, yeah, that, that was nice. But, um, but Gendry's a character that, like, I think people gravitated towards, but, like, got maybe, what, like, in total 30 minutes of airtime the entire series? Uh, yeah, he uh, he was a character that I think they knew people liked, and they kind of just pushed him to the side. Like, he wasn't even in, like, seasons, like, four to six. And then, yeah. all of a sudden, season seven, Davos goes and gets him. And I, then, yeah. I think that's one. Of the, it's one of the clearest examples of one of the foul season. This final season is that while the the writers were strapped for time for closing stories that they built, mm. they just started creating other ones. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah, it was more of just like a rush to the end rather than like, is this character fit into this story? Like, like the this little created sexual tension between Arya and Gendry. I didn't mm. need it. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think also in this episode you kind of see Gendry is a little too clingy toward yeah. Arya, and Arya is just like, yo, bro, I don't want this. It was a one-time thing, you know? Yeah, he got one knee for her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he proposes to her, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. We don't got to go back to that, but... Arya had, had the uh, oh, oh, honey moment from, remember how I met your mother with Katy Perry? Oh, honey. <laughs> oh, honey. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, now that's uh, that's Gendry and Arya. No more need uh, no need to talk about them anymore. No. And then what else? Happened? I mean, you know, Tormund is just you know jokes left and right here. Mm-hmm. Oh. I think this is the is this the episode where it ends with Sam telling John the truth about who he is. No, that's the second episode. That's right before they go into the battle. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We didn't really talk about that. We don't. We don't have to. Yeah. Um, no, no. I think this is where, where John tells Danny, right? John tells Danny. Okay. And Danny. Yeah. Pretty I knew much this, says, like, this. This came up at some point during it. Danny pretty much says like, "Who cares, bro?" You know. She but like, cares. she has that has that look where it's like, it's fine, it's cool, but like, you get thrown around. She's like, "Don't, don't." Like, I'm pissed off. Yeah, and I think that's a good point where it's like, I, as gross as it sounds, like. You know, the Targaryens, you know, incest is part of their heritage. Right. Which is pretty gross, but, like, it it is. And I think here comes Jon Snow trying to challenge that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this is just one thing that's going to get in my way of getting that throne. Exactly. Um, She just doesn't want any of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, with Daenerys, you can start to see Daenerys descent into madness a little bit. 
Yeah, you, you can definitely see her. Again, I mean, I think Daenerys' big thing is, like, trust. So I think she, she was able to trust Jon Snow, and now Jon Snow's coming to her saying, like, look, like, I'm pretty sure I'm your nephew. Right. And she's just like, yo, fuck you. <laughs> like, no one's taking that throne from me. <laughs> um, but yeah, now there's that, and then uh, this is also the Jamie and Brienne scene. Yeah, yeah, they, they finally, they finally um, addressed the elephant in the room with them. I hated this. I, I did not like this at all, dude. I, I think for for her, I, I it was nice get her getting like I don't, I don't want to sound crude, but like get get some action. But like like she's definitely like she had a connection with them, and you know like she did have a connection with them. What are you laughing at? It's <laughs> the way you're wording that. <laughs> I no, but my thing is I what I and I think. What they did with these characters in this episode by having them sleep together takes away from what I liked in the second episode so much. Where just Jamie just they just had this mutual respect for one another. There wasn't anything sexual there. It was just I respect you, you respect me. That was kind of the relationship. And then yeah. in this, it's like I almost felt like when they were writing the episode, they were just like, you know what? We need them to sleep together. This is what the fans want. <laughs> yeah. It's not what I wanted. I did not want this. I. Again, like this, them sleeping together. Come on, you look—you would be the one that be the, that would start the petition for this. I have started a petition for this. <laughs> we stood outside their 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 window with the boombox. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I again, I I did not like this at all. I it took away from what I liked in the second episode, where it was like he knights Brienne. He says he wants to fight under Brienne. And then the fourth episode, it's like, you know what, why don't we sleep together? <laughs> Did not like that at all. Yeah, it's just, like like I mentioned earlier, it's just them just writing too much and just adding adding more depth to storylines when they mm-hmm. should be closing storylines. Yeah. At, at the end of this episode, he leaves her. Yeah, just up and leaves like, her, yeah. Literally, within the span of 20 minutes, he's, he's done. <laughs> yeah. He goes back to his sister. So... Well, I think he goes back after hearing Daenerys is about to attack King's Landing or something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then also, what else happens? Is it, I mean, this episode I, This episode is a perfect example of this whole last season being so rushed. Because so you have everything we've talked about now, and then you have Daenerys storming to King's Landing, which we haven't even talked about the time, tra- the travel. Like, they're able to get there in, like, half a day. They probably got yeah. there. They probably got to from Winterfell to King's Landing faster than I get from the suburbs to Center City, Philadelphia via Septa. It's crazy, right? Right? Fuck Septa. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had, I had to say it. I hate Septa. Um, but now this episode, it it really jumps because it then goes to Daenerys storming onto King's Landing, and the fleet. What's the Greyjoy? What's his name? The oh, Iron, I forget his name. The Iron Fleet? Euron. Euron Greyjoy. Oh, what a, what a bad dude. I did not like Euron. It, it just... Ben, it didn't exist before. Why does he exist now? Yeah. He, he's in the books, though. He is in the books. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, that clears it up. And then the end of the episode shoots down a dragon, shoots down a lot of their fleet, and then they take Masande captive. Mm-hmm. And then at the end... Daenerys approaches King's Landing, I guess. Yeah. Right? And uh, she beheads Masande. Right there. Tyrion tries to negotiate, and it doesn't work. 
Yeah. And it was like uh, Daenerys always had like the every time Tyrion failed with his t- with his plan, like he it was always like, this is strike one, this is strike two. So I think this that, was like strike three for for him in a lot of ways. That's such a great. I, I regret not bringing up that point because that's such a great point where it's like you know she's relying so heavily on Tyrion being her hand of the king, and then it's just like, dude, you fucked up. My main person just got her head chopped off. You fucked up. It's, and it ends with that, too. It ends with her walking away with such an angry face mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We really didn't talk about, like, all this whole season. They always did, like, little side pans to Cersei and all and, and what's happening in King's Landing, too. In a nutshell, Euron gets Cersei pregnant. Right? Well, I think it was always up in the air whether it was Euron's child or Jamie's child. I think it was probably Jamie's child, you know. But she's drinking wine in every episode. Like that's a, that's a terrible mother. Maybe she sees the impending. You can't. Doom. You can't do that. Maybe she's she sees the impending doom that's about to happen in episode five, titled "The Bells." <laughs> so that's the whole thing. <laughs> so that was a great segue. So we're gonna work good segues in like this. <laughs> Maybe she did. I don't know. But yeah, this whole season, Cersei is literally just looking out a window drinking wine. Yeah. And again, was she even pregnant? That's the other thing. It was up in the air. Like, is it Euron's? Is it Jamie's? She's just saying it's a mess with them. Are you talking talk about the bells? The bells. Episode 5. So, title the bells because once the bells ring, that's when King's Landing has surrendered. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to start off the episode, again, I think this... And I think the more I look back at it, the more it's just like, this was such a rushed season. The whole beginning of the episode kind of focuses on Varus. Yeah. Varus. And it it kind of shows him with one of his little, like, spies. I don't, I don't think he has birds anymore. Maybe he does. Yeah. But one of his little spies, and she comes back, and she's like, she hasn't been eating. So, like, that kind of signifies, like, all right, he's trying to poison Daenerys. And I, I think you can kind of tell throughout this whole season, Varus has second thoughts on Daenerys. And he's really kind of pushing the Jon Snow train. He's like, he should be king, he should be king. Mm-hmm. He's a natural leader. Daenerys just kind of leads through anger. Um, and you can tell he really doesn't like her. And then ultimately Danny kind of finds out this dude is really kind of trying to double-cross me. And she sent, she calls for him. And then the dragon just roasts Varys. I kind of felt bad for Varys. Yeah. Like, I don't think he deserved to go out this way. Not didn't really expect it. Like, I didn't expect that's the way he was going to go. No. But... And one of the things I think is good with Varus is I think all of his decisions, and he made it clear, was for the realm. He was like, I'm... (laughs) Why are you laughing? (laughs) It's it's true, though. He he didn't care what was good for him. He didn't care what was good for anyone. It was like... What is going to make be best for the realm? And he was like, Daenerys is not going to be that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm laughing just because every time like he said that, like he always did a weird eye pan to the camera whenever he's like, I do it for the realm. He just just do like a weird eye pan every every go back every time he says that he just does a weird like, eye roll pan to the to the camera every every time he says it. Probably. <laughs> I yeah. just I just thought of it. But and that was his thing. He was like for the realm, for the realm, for the realm. Right. Um. And he clearly saw, he was like, Daenerys is not good for the realm. You know, I think Targaryens kind of had that reputation of being mad, being angry, um, you know, leading with anger. And like I said, he was always on that Jon Snow train. And ultimately, 
she finds out he was double crossing him and she just she roasts him. Literally. She roasts him. Yeah. Um you know what know what also stuck out to me in this is like Tyrion's reaction to it. Because I think Tyrion is just like, holy shit, like what is going on? I almost kinda of felt sense the way that like he seemed like I, I kinda of like got this thing brewing and he's taking a fall for me. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Maybe. Yeah. You know what's something I didn't bring up with Tyrion? Remember the end of season seven? Like, did he know John was a Targaryen? Because you remember he was creeping outside that, that bedroom? <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. I mean, we don't got to go into it was, it that, was, but like, they didn't really elaborate on that too much. But they made it a point to show it, so I don't, I don't know what, what the point of that was. I don't, yeah. Again, rushed, rushed season, you know? Man, that, and that's how the season ended, too. Is that how the season ended? That's how it ended. Yeah, so, like, you're you're thinking in your mind, you're like, is Tyrion going to double-cross her? Does Tyrion know Jon's a Targaryen? You're like, I know it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, not, that's how it opens with Varys, and then it kind of goes into them working on storming King's Landing. Yeah. I will say, though, like, you know, like, like you mentioned, the Daenerys gets, gets the upper hand to the point where... the are the soldiers of the King's Landing are going to surrender, and they say, "Ring the bells, ring the bells." Mm. And the acting in, in this scene by Daenerys was so great because it just pans around the dragon, and she and she like she's getting madder and madder, just think, just thinking about everything that's happened, and just complete. They're right at the point, just completely snaps. And I don't like like what she did by like burning the entire city to the ground. But yeah. the cinematography in this ep- episode was absolutely incredible. And it, it, this is a weird episode because you bring up a good point, Dave. Where it's like, yeah, I remember like the, you saw Daenerys's facial reactions, and you could see her being really emotional in this this scene. And I, I remember when I had seen this episode, I was just like, "What am I watching?" You know, she's just burning this entire city. Oh yeah. And I recently, what's come out is like deleted scene or something. I forget what it is, but it it's almost showed her motivation. So like. In her mind, I think you can kind of see, like, she's upset. This used to be her family's kingdom, and it's not anymore. And then, uh, in the deleted scene, I think it shows her seeing the different, like, sigils of the houses. So she sees Baratheon, she sees Stark, she sees Greyjoy, um, all those things. And I think that, I don't know, I mean, it was deleted for a reason, I guess, but I think that kind of showed her motivation of, like, this used to be my family's town, let me take it back. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the one that I like about Daenerys' character the most is that she had this beautiful vision of like a utopian society where everyone got together and and worked together as, as a team. Mm-hmm. But her her familial like motivations and and just genetics and stuff like that kicked in. Where like she is the descendant of a Mad King. The guy was crazy. He's not so so yeah. she is inherently just crazy. Yeah. yeah. So it, it so it just overtook her. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um. Yeah, and I, it overtook her, and then, I, I mean, I guess before then, it was kind of like, you know, the Dothraki stormed the city, and then ultimately, like, yeah, what you're saying, like, they're ready to surrender. Like, yeah. they're ready to be done. And, like, no one, everyone was up for grabs in, the, in this in this mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. Women, children, Green Bay, yeah. Green, Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers was up and just burned to death. He was in this. this. He was a Dothraki extra, wasn't he in this? No, he was a King's Landing soldier. He King's runs Landing runs to an alley and gets burned. Under Harry Strickland's rule? Yeah. Yeah, from the Golden Company. Right. Yeah. What the hell was he doing in this, too? Uh, was he in this, really? 
I think so. Oh, I thought you were just making that up. I think he was in it. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Is that the season he didn't play? What? Aaron, Aaron. Rodgers? No, he, no, he played in it. He, he did? Okay. They filmed in the offseason. Probably. Yeah. But I just remember him just seeing him running, running down the aisle. I'm like, that is Aaron Rodgers. So don't break your clavicle again. I need you for fantasy this year. He needed the money. First place still. <laughs> I, you know, I have not checked my... I really have been bad with fantasy this year. I think I might be in last. Well, at least you have his personality. That's true. At least I got this podcast, right? Yeah. Post-credit bruise. Post-credit bruise. Uh, yeah, I mean, eventually they surrender, the bells ring. You know what else is good in this? Tyrion's reaction. Because you can tell Tyrion's just like, dude, Daenerys, the bells are ringing. Hold back. Fall back. Yeah. And I think, again, I Tyrion leaned more toward Vars, where he was like, I don't think she's the right person to rule lead us. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the bells are ringing, and ultimately she's just like, I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. So. And she just sets off, and she she roasts the entire city. Yeah, buildings burn, women Men burn, kids burn, burn Aaron Rodgers burns, and then yeah. you just see uh, Cersei coming to the realization that, uh, yeah, yeah, like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. She's, and, she's still sipping her wine. And I think that was a tough decision for her to make, regardless of, like, the bells ring. Like, I don't think she was gonna go easily, but I think once the bells rang, she was just like, alright, this is over. And then once the bells rang and she sees Daenerys flying on that dragon roasting the city, I think she was just like, holy shit. I think she got to the point where, like, when Grand, when Grandmaster, Grandmaster says, we gotta get out of here, like, she's like, yeah, we gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We gotta leave. And uh, I, I think that's a good point to bring up, too, because then we jump to, I don't know, Jamie's trying to get to Cersei, and then he meets with Euron, and they fight, and Jamie eventually kills Euron, I guess, right? Yeah, one quick comment. Yeah. Jamie was held captive. He got, he got captured, and Tyrion set him free. Exactly. Which is a, re- a really good, good heartfelt, heartfelt brother-to-brother scene. Like, this is probably the last time I'm ever going to see was, you. Goodbye. Was that this episode? It, no, was, it, it was the episode, episode before. before, but it, it right. leaded, leaded right, right into this. I like that scene. Yeah, it was, it was very heartfelt, because Tyrion was pretty much just saying, you were the only person, person that ever nice cared, cared about me. Yeah. Ever cared about me. That was, that, that was Peter Dinklage's Emmy scene. You know? Yeah. He won an Emmy for this season, by the mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Um, well deserved, too. This whole series won an Emmy. Peter Dinklage, perfect. Yeah. When I watched Elf when I was like 10 years old, I don't think I ever would have thought I would have watched Peter Dinklage in this way. There's a cool video that that serves around the internet where Peter Dinklage is um, talking about like how he lived in like a, say in a one bedroom apartment. It was mm. would, would be we would call it nice, but he just like struggled and struggled like to be an actor and yeah, it, it's a very cool video. Check he, it out. See if you I, ever find it. Of all the characters in this show, I think Peter Dinklage had the most to work with, and I think he has the most memorable scenes. Yeah. For sure. Um, he's, I will say, he's the best actor on the show. Take the height out, out of him, too. Like, just the fact, like, ignore the fact that he's a dwarf. I look, I have to look past that so many times, like, just, like, Damon realized that he was a dwarf in this. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you look at what he's done outside of it, whether you jump to Elf. Um, he was in some movie where he... This was kind of what kind of catapulted him, but he was in a movie called The Station Agent. I never saw it, but I know he was really good in it. Not Days of Future's Past? I mean, he was good in that. No, Days of Future's Past is a really good movie. Yeah, he. I mean, they didn't give him a lot to work with, but he was good in it. What about what about um uh, Avengers? He was in Infinity War, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, E-Tree. That's his name. 
<laughs> he was a he was a giant dwarf. Giant dwarf, yeah. And that's that's what they referred to him. He was a giant dwarf. Giant dwarf, yeah. But no, to jump back, his reaction when Daenerys is roasting the city was good. He's mm-hmm. just like, oh my god. Uh, but yeah, no. Then you have Cersei trying to leave, and you have Arya and the Hound making their way to King's Landing together. And uh, the Hound has a good moment here too because he's just like with Arya. He's like, look. I've lived my life, like, I've lived a horrible life. He was like, you still have a lot to give, you know? Yeah. So he's like, get out of here, leave. Like, if you stay here, you're going to die. And he leaves. And then, this is Clegane Bowl. Clegane Bowl 2019, yeah. This was a good moment in the show. I, I like this one part. one thing about the Hound real quick? Is that you mentioned when you talk about like the connection he had with Arya? Mm-hmm. I felt like he was very close with her because that's the life that he always wanted, but was never able to get because of what his brother did to him. Yeah, he wanted. I think he wanted to have like a family and uh-huh. and and like a daughter and all that kind of stuff. You know, Dave, I you bringing that up, I've never thought of that because I think of like seeing because he's such a bitter guy. So like, mm-hmm. and his most sensitive scenes are when Arya's around. Yeah. So I think he kind of just, and even like when, when Sansa, when he was like for the the King's Guard to, the Joffrey, and Sansa was always around. You know, he always looked, looked at her. Like there's one scene in like the when Joffrey shows um, um Sansa Ned Stark's head, and she's ready to she's ready to push him off the off the bridge, and he, he holds her back and he's like, "You don't want to do that. It'll end badly for you." Yeah. No. Nah, he. But but other than that, I mean, you know, you, you get click game bowl. It was not what I really expected out of for for this 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 matchup. I didn't expect it to be on a staircase. No, but... I mean, what, what I wanted to bring up too was just like with us talking about Arya is like him kind of seeing that's the life I wanted to live, and I could see that happening because it's like for Arya, it was like when they were in Kin's Landing, it was like I'm following the footsteps of Sansa, and I think it was the same for him where it was like uh, Sagate. What's his name? Sandor. Sandor, Sandor. Clegane. Yeah. And it was like Sandor always following the footsteps of Gregor, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, I could see him connecting with Arya, and I always felt more of a connection with him with Arya than him with Sansa. Right. So it, I didn't expect it to be on stairs either. Yeah, but it was it was cool. And I like that they both went at, at the same time. So like, um, if anyone that was against the Hound or for the Hound, like you know, like, there's always justice for for both sides of it. Like. Mm-hmm. They, they they both they both hate each other and they both went out together. So they didn't like each other. Nice 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 like brother bond connection too. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like I hate your brother. I hate your brother. But you know. They both died. In like, a... No one no one gets the win in this situation. It was a good fight too. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, good fight. I mean, like he the hound squeezes his head and like you can like almost like crushes his skull and he's just like and he's just like let's. Let's finish this. Like I, I'd be like, I'd off. be screaming until my vocal cords were broken. Were, were, he's just like, ah. I, you know, I don't. That's like the signature Game of Thrones move. It's just like poking your thumbs through someone's eye sockets. Uh, that, that 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 scene. And it's the the trial by combat. Yeah, one of the most gruesome things ever. Mm-hmm. And Tyrion's face might that I thought he deserved an Emmy just for that alone. Yeah, he won an Emmy for that season too. Um... But Kling Bull happens, Kling and then cool. Cersei goes down the stairs, and she is reunited with Jamie. This was a stupid scene, though. Uh, do, is there, do you have any more of these beers? If we're gonna be talking about, talking about this, what happens next? We, I think, some more beers are on their way <laughs> right now. Because, so Jamie and Cersei are reunited, and 
they they run to the basement. Thank you. Thank they you. run to the basement, mm-hmm. or I guess I guess I guess you're gonna call it the basement. Yeah. And the crypts. No, we're not the crypts. The catacombs. I don't, yeah, I don't know what you call them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm gonna call it a basement. It looks like a basement. Yeah. And uh, the entire city falls on top of them. They die by rocks. Yeah. They they were crushed by rocks. Mm-hmm. Did you Two like- of the most iconic characters in this show that you built up since season one died by falling rocks. I, you know what I liked was how toxic Cersei was toward Jamie, and how he just like that's who he went back to in the end. You know. Yeah, and the one thing I will say that I liked about I, I, the only thing I liked I liked about this is that how you saw how easily they cracked and how like their weakness was exposed like mm-hmm. when they realized that they lost like they both just like gave up instantly there was no fight left in them whatsoever yeah yeah no it was a uh, it was a quick end and I think they wanted to die together and they died together yeah I, I think there's just more destruction and more destruction and I think that's how the show not that the episode ends is it I forget no 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 it, I'm sorry it doesn't because Arya 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 is like Saving this this she's woman, saving and, and, lives. And yeah. She's saving lives, doing her thing, and the, and it ends with just this like the aftermath of just this, all this destruction. You know, you just see that all like the the dust and everything, mm-hmm. and she just sees a white horse, and they don't explain why she sees a white horse. I you know I've read something where it was like the symbolism of the white horse. I forget what it was, but I, yeah, she sees a white horse, and it's just kind of. You know. Does she ride off on it? I don't think she does. Does she? I don't know. I, I, she follows it. I don't yeah, think she I haven't, I haven't, I haven't seen it since the show ended. You got one, too? I got another one, too. Live it up. It's a good beer. Um, and then, do we just want to jump into the end? So the last episode is just simply called The Iron Throne. This episode has a 4.1 on IMDb, by the way. People out of did 10? not like this one. Out, out of, of 10? 10, yes. Jeez. People were rough. I don't know if I'd give it a 4.1, but I would not give it a favorable rating. Yeah, this op- it opens up with um, Daenerys giving a Hitler speech. In front of a ton of Dothraki that should be dead. Again, I, th- I, think, I think the numbers add. I think we got more Dothraki. How do the Dothraki multiply? <laughs> like, it's all men, right? <laughs> But you're yeah, right, it is all men. In a bunch of the threat. <laughs> and, uh, who else? The Unsullied. We even talk about Grey Worm at all. We'll talk about do it we, in this Do we episode. need to? We don't, no. But he, he was very annoying in this episode, I thought. Um, but yeah, no, what, what I remember, yeah, she's given a whole, you know, whole speech in front of all of them. I think Arya kind of goes up to John and is just like, dude, like, she's nuts. Yeah, but and, yeah, right after Daenerys gives her a speech, she looks at Tyrion and she goes, "You betrayed me. And that's treason." And he go, right. he, go, he gives it the biggest fuck you and like just takes off his pin and throws it and, and just walks pin. away. Yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then, I think they always just like arrest him and throw him in like a cell. Yeah, they they take him away after that. Yeah, and he's just like, "Screw this! Like I don't care about this." The one thing I noticed is like Daenerys is like she destroyed this entire city that she was going to overtake. So now she just overtook just a bunch of rubble. Why did she just like? Why did she do that? Uh, it was poor writing. She wanted to build it up. Poor uh, writing. Poor writing. Poor writing. 
Uh, but yeah, no, there's that. And then, uh, I forget what it, Arya has a moment with John. We just talked about that. Yeah, and just... And then, I think John has a moment with Danny, where he's just like, dude, like, how could you have done this? Like, you just murdered women, you murdered children. And then she kind of tries to entice him, you know? Yeah. And he's given into it, and then ultimately what happens is he, he murders her. Yeah, her, Bring, you know? brings her in for an emotional kiss and just like this gives her a dagger right to the stomach. And, and she dies. We all saw this a mile away. Yeah. Like, we knew this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for what she did, I, I think it was justifiable. I don't think it was the right way to go about ending the ending the, the show. Mm-hmm. But um, I was more disappointed I, with, with the dragon. Like, the dragon, instead of killing John burns the throne, and then flies away. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of open-endedness with what the dragon's intentions were. Like, did the dragon think John murdered Daenerys? Did the dragon think the throne ultimately led to Daenerys dying, and that's why he melted the throne? Like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's like you said, it's open to interpretation, so there's definitely Mm -hmm. different theories that you can develop because of this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, and the Daenerys just, or the, the dragon just uh, flies away with Daenerys. And then they do the cliche of all cliches, and they do a time hop. And I think it's like six months later or something like that. Yeah, it's some months. I, I forget how long. But yeah, it's a few months later. And yeah, it's John and Tyrion kind of in a cell. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're kind of talking. I. It sounds like I forget their conversation. It sounds like a more modern conversation because John's is like, "I took a plea deal and I'm going." They're sending me to the watch. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And Tyrion's just like, "Is that what you want?" Like, mm-hmm. You know. So then, it's the it's the council of all the leaders of all the houses. Mm-hmm. So you have a, a motley crew like Sansa well, Stark, Tyrion, Arya, um, Robin Aaron, Robin Aaron. Yeah, yeah. that's his name. Um, yeah. And uh, there's a couple, couple of other extras that are there that like you never, never knew existed. Yeah. And they're like, "What are we going to do?" The Prince of Dorne is there. Yeah. Brienne, Podrick, pretty much all like this. I wish Dorne was show. still a thing. <laughs> we don't need to talk about Dorne. No. They did that storyline pretty bad. Yeah. See, like, I, was that was the Dorne in the books? It was, yeah, Dorne and the Sand Snakes and the... Okay, yeah, okay. Again, like so I said, the, I haven't read the books in a while, but I remember a lot more detail going into Dorne and the Sand Snakes than the show did. As someone that didn't read the books, it seemed like they just created that, that whole entire family out of nowhere. They they did not do it well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're, they're having a council, and they're like, what, like who's going to be the new leader? And Tyrion gives, gives this um, whole big speech... But you know what else should be said is like how passionate Grey Worm is about Jon Snow dying. Like Grey Worm was already kind of a not a favorable character to begin with, and all he wants to focus on is like let's kill Jon Snow. He killed our queen. Let's kill Jon Snow. Grey Worm was a character that got over over exposed in the show because of the relationship he had with the real fan favorite and Melm. Uh, what was what was that girl's name? Masanda. Masanda, yeah. yeah. She is the reason why he's he actually had speaking lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't speaking for a while. So there's not much we really need to say more about Grey Worm because no. he's pretty much irrelevant. But I mean, you're right. Yeah, Tyrion kind of gives this very passionate speech, 
you know, yeah, like all right, who who would you want as king? Yeah, who who has the the most like like successful or like um overcoming story? Whoever came the most odds, and he says, Bran the Broken, the fucking kid in the wheelchair. They want him to be the king. I didn't like this, Dave. I never liked Bran as a character at all. I didn't like the Third Eye Raven. I didn't like like the visions. I thought the, I thought it was too corny. He always and whenever when they when he finally got a wheelchair, he always looked like that judgmental grandmother in the corner of the party just staring at you. Yeah, the, I didn't like Bran getting the kingdom either. I when you talk to people about Game of Thrones and you ask them who is your favorite character, does anyone ever say Bran? Like, whenever anyone asked me, I would be like, I don't care about Bran's storyline at all. Oh, no. I mean, when, when, you, when, you, when you see um, the direwolf, or you see Hot Pie, or you see um, Podrick, everyone lights up, and you see Bran, like, oh, God, we got this again. It was kind of like... Bran's storyline. If, yeah. if you're ever a fan of Lost, it was kind of like in a Sun and Jin episode of Lost. You're yeah. Like, oh, my God. Really? <laughs> we got this? <laughs> this is what we got to go for. <laughs> but, no, I, I agree. It was just like, I don't care about Bran. Like, I don't care about this character. And while we're and speaking about... the king. While we're speaking about Bren, pour one out for Hodor. Rest in peace. We need to talk about Hodor. We don't need to, but pour, rest in peace. How the dog! <laughs> rest in peace. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's back and forth to them saying, like, why is this kid in the wheelchair deserve to be king? And blah, blah, blah. blah He's blah, got blah, the blah. best story. And I'm saying blah, 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 because that's, that's what this whole season has been. It's blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But... They ultimately decide that Bran is now the king of the realm. Essentially. And he had the most sarcastic, cynical, mm. and like bitchy response is when he looked at them and said, Why do you th- why do you think I came all this way? It's like you could see the future and you could see this whole entire city and kids and children getting destroyed and you did nothing about it to get your own get your own personal gain out of it. You sick fuck. Yeah, <laughs> I I do not disagree with you. That is perfect, Dave. It's like you watched, like you must have seen in the future, and you must have seen an entire city roast, and you're just like, you know what? Whatever, I'm gonna be king at the end of this. Cool. You saw Cersei and Jaime getting killed by rocks, and you didn't do anything about it. Yeah, just like I, he could have thought of a very. What do you think was the, What do you think was the best death in the entire series? Best death. The entire series. Yeah. I already mentioned mine earlier in this Don't episode. Don't put me on the spot like that, dude. The entire series? I always told you my favorite. Definitely my, nothing from season eight. No, I told you my favorite is um, Robert Browning getting killed by the board. That's my favorite. Yeah. He was on the hunt. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, again, I, the Ned Stark death was pretty shocking. Yeah. That was, yeah. I, I love I, Ned Stark. You know, I tell a funny story, Dave, is I can remember... My mom, she's watched Game of Thrones since the beginning, from the first season. And I can remember when the episode must have premiered when Ned Stark died. And she watched it when it premiered. And I can remember her like knocking on my door in my room. She was like, can you believe what happened on Game of Thrones? <laughs> I was like, I'm not watching it. But <laughs> like, they killed Sean Bean. And I'm just like, okay, cool. <laughs> she was... She was shook, and that and that speaks to a lot to like how like a lot of people reacted to, like you never could develop get a favorite character because they were probably dead by the time they became your favorite. 
Yeah, and I think that concept died as the show kept going. Yeah. They killed less characters as the show went on because they were like... We're losing, a fan, we're losing a fan base. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, there's earlier seasons, it was like they didn't mind killing characters left and right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got to have a couple loose ends with this, with this final episode, so... Like we mentioned, John get John gets sent into a life sentence in, to be on the wall, and he reunites with Tormund. Yeah, he's happy, and he's happy. that's the last you see John Snow is just walking into the woods on a horse. It's the last thing you see of this entire show. Yeah, it's just him walking beyond the wall. And then on the flip side, you see so Bran's the king. I think they have um, a whole council. It's like Brienne, Davos, Bran, Tyrion is the hand of the king. Ron. Yeah. And the last thing you see of Bran, they have this cancel meeting, and, and they go, so the dragon, you see, as I mentioned, the dragon flies away. So I think Davos goes, so what do we do about the, have you heard about the dragon? Where is it at? And Bran goes, I don't know, let me go find him. He rolls his eyes back, like he usually does, yeah. and he gets wheeled out. Wharfs. That's the last thing you see of the king. The fucking king of the realm. It's the last thing you see of him. He's going dragon hunting, Dave. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I got nothing else to say. I. All right. You don't want to say anything else. I'm trying to keep this as PD as possible. I'm sorry for keep cursing, but when you invest so much time into this show, emotionally, and all that good stuff, it pisses you off when when it ends on just poor writing. I remember just seeing Dexter, and Dexter was a great show, and that was also the product of just terrible, terrible, terrible writing. You bring that up a lot, and I know you've said Dexter was just. Didn't end well. No. Yeah. But I will go on record and say I think this might be one of the worst endings to a series I have ever seen. It's pretty bad. Um, but but what else happened? Like Sansa becomes uh, Queen of the North. I liked her justice. She be she becomes she becomes Queen of the North, and hey. and Arya becomes fucking Christopher Columbus. Yeah, she she sails off. She's I, going I, to explore. I my prediction is I think like a few years from now. One of the spinoffs for Game of Thrones is going to be an Arya-centric one. And I would really like that a lot. I'd be cool with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I would be cool with that. But we, we've we talked about this, Dave, where you always thought Arya was going to be the person on the Iron Throne. I always wanted Sansa. Yeah. I think the character development they did with Sansa throughout the show was really good. Can I just tell you my, tell my theory real quick? Yes. Is it, I said Arya was going to kill Cersei using Jamie's face after she killed him because that fulfills a couple of the prophecies that Cersei had one of which had something to do with green eyes and being killed by a by a sibling so if she was killed by a sibling it was Jamie and was killed by Arya who has green eyes she has brown eyes I don't, I don't I, if you oh shit, I just did a it's not the table I'm sorry if you see, if you see if you watch the show and you, the, the prophecies, just think about what I'm saying. Arya kills Cersei using Jamie's face, and they never brought up the faces ever again after, after she acquired the face. They never use it at all. It's lazy. I yeah, know. yeah. It was, but go back, go back, and, and just put the piece together, and you'll understand my theory. That's why I thought she was gonna, and I I thought that series was gonna end with her looking over the room with the Iron Throne, over a bunch of dead bodies, and the music intro was just gonna play. That's how I thought it was gonna end. You know what would have been good? If they ended it with them... Uh, this would have been better. If they ended it with them in those like catacombs. 
but instead of that being Jamie, it was Arya. But it was Arya disguised as Jamie, and right before the rocks fall, it's just her lifting the. That's face. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. that was my theory. That would have been cool. Ex- that's exactly how I thought it was going to be. Arya dying in that no, scene. they they hug. They hug. They hug. Yeah. And um. And then she looks at him. He rips the face off, and just just dagger. That that's that was my prediction. Yeah, that would have been cool. Sadly, it didn't happen. But yeah, our Sansa is queen of the north. Queen warden of the. Oh, what do they call her? Queen she's, of the north. She's a queen in my eyes, man. Yeah. Okay. Sophie Turner. Queen of the north. Uh, and Arya. Yeah, you're right. She's Christopher Columbus. And that's the show. And Jon Snow is beyond the wall. The last scene is just him walking next to Tormund on horseback beyond the wall. And that is the show. I hated this finale, Dave. Yeah. Hated it. I told you I think it was one of the worst endings to a series I have ever seen. Yeah. And it's almost insult like I said, it's almost insulting that that's what they did. And I think those two guys were too fixated on they just got the Star Wars gig. And I think that's where all their attention was. And, as um, you may know at this point, they got fired from that. They got fired from it, Dave, for sure. So, maybe like last year, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss got signed on for Star Wars. Um... Right around the time where it was, you know, you knew the new season of Game of Thrones was kicking in. It was about to start pretty soon. And you hear they're going to do Star Wars. And Star Wars has been pretty weird. Where I feel like they hire people and then they fire them pretty quick. Yeah. You know? Um, But no, they they hired these guys for Star Wars. And you want to know my prediction? Because I think what a lot of people were thinking was these guys were going to come in and do Knights of the Old Republic. Because it's very, like, Game of Thrones-y kind of stuff. Um, old school, historical, a lot of, you know, background for Star Wars. To be honest with you, what I think... Ha- I don't think they got fired, but I think they saw, like... Look, do you see how quick the fans turned on us for how bad that last season was? Now, imagine that, but multiply it by, like, 100. And that's the Star Wars fan base. Yeah. You know? Because I think the Star Wars fan base is a lot bigger than Game of Thrones. So it's like, imagine we take on Star Wars and we don't completely appease all of the fans. They're going to be down our throats. Exactly. So th- that's my thought. I don't know if you have anything else you want to bring up about that, Dave. No, I, I think you put the nail on the head. I wonder. I just wonder if, like, with, in terms of Game of Thrones, I wonder if these, these guys were under a lot of pressure, not just... From doing their stuff with Star Wars, but by um, George R. R. Martin, because it's like, hmm. just, like we're, we're trying to keep up with your source material. We're trying to keep as close as we get to the source material. But like, if there's no source material, how are we supposed to do it? And and that's a good point. And that's what we brought up earlier, where it's like I feel like once they were beyond the books, it was kind of just like because one thing that most people know is George R. R. Martin told David Benioff and D. B. Weiss how the show ends. Or how the book is end. He's like, look, the book is going to end in this way. So he kind of like showed them like, this is what's going to happen. Like, I'm going to leave you up to your own devices to figure out how to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, what I think a, a big thing we've been talking about is how rushed these last seasons have felt. Exactly. 
And I think, for me, it's like Daenerys turned heel really quick. You know, you only had about eight episodes, seven episodes to get to that point where she turns completely mad and burns King's Landing. Exactly. I think you can... There's a lot more character development that you can do in a thousand-page book than you can do in seven episodes of a television series. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the David Benioff and D.B. Weiss really kind of struggle with that. Yeah. Definitely with, with Daenerys, like, my vision of it was, you know, she finds she finds out the truth about John, and it gets, it gets her mad, and then slowly, like, you see her just starting to snap at separate, certain things, and then... She's starting to kill more people individually, so then she is just starting to develop a whole like, not like a fan base, but like a unit of people that are just completely against her. Until eventually, everyone's just against her. Mm-hmm. And then she, when she realizes that, that's when she just completely stabs her. It's like my way, and if you're you're with me or against me, and like, yeah, she just wants that throne. She doesn't care who's going to get in her way. Yeah, no, I I think that's a uh, yeah, no, that's definitely something that needs to be talked about. Yeah, for sure. Well, I gotta say that was a. Uh, for what we've done, because all we really did today before we started this, we haven't, we didn't watch any any of this since it ended. We just watched the Honest Trails on YouTube. I think this was a very, very great analysis of just one season. Deep dive of the entire season. And season eight, and Game of Thrones is not ending after this season. No. There are some prequels that are in the works for the show. One just got canceled, right? As some of you may know, one that was supposed to set thousands that was supposed to be set thousands of years before this series um, just recently got canceled, and, which I think is crazy because like they Naomi Watts was the main star of the show. It's a big name. It was a big name to get, and they they canceled the show, and they they had been filming since September. I'm pretty sure, and uh, they gave it the axe. So. And you said there's gonna be there's, they're planning on doing like five of them, five of them. I don't. Again, I you my don't. prediction is I think one of them eventually, maybe like two three years from now, they're going to announce an Arya show. I think they left Arya's storyline so open ended with her just sailing away, and her like literally saying like, "Look, I'm sailing to places that haven't been discovered yet." Yeah, but if they do it down that line. They definitely like I would suggest that they'd say like. Look, she's been sailing for years and years, and she's now starting to do her adventures now. So mm-hmm. you might have to say maybe like she was she was sailing for literally just a year and a half. She was sailing just because as an actress, like she's definitely gonna get like get older, older looking, and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So yeah. there's no way you can get someone else to just come in and, and just do like many many things in between. Just jump into that, yeah. But I would also like to see a prequel show about the Mad King and how he became the Mad King. I'm very interested in that. I do too, and that's a good point, Dave, because, so, the one with Naomi Watts, it was supposedly going to be titled The Long Night, and it was going to be set thousands of years before, and it was going to be, you know, I think it was going to kind of show how the White Walkers become the White Walkers, the children of the forest, the families, children of the forest, all that stuff, got canceled, surprisingly, and, uh... What's weird is the same day that got canceled, or like right around when that got canceled, they picked up a show called uh, The House of the Dragon, which is going to be solely based on the Targaryens. And I think it's going to be based about 300 years before Game of Thrones premiered. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, they. 
it's just weird because it's not even they picked it up for an entire season. Would you like a series about young Ned Stark? No. 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 I I want a mini movie about the uh, Robbers Rebellion. I kind of, kind of like um how Walking Walk Dead's doing the Rick Grimes movies. Mm-hmm. I take a, a little like mini movie about it, but I don't need an entire series. On right. It. Um. But yeah, not a whole series about the Targaryens. So uh, cool, I guess. I don't know. I was more interested in that first prequel that they canceled, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll never know. We will see. One last question I gotta ask for you. What's up? You can get one one character to come or actor from the, to come onto the show and talk to us. Who would it be? Like character or like actor? Like like like, like and like actor come come in come in as character and talk with us. Hodor. Hodor. Yeah, I think he would just have a lot of wise words to say. I think he would be very personable with us. What about you? Walter Frey. <laughs> I have questions. Walter Frey. You're a sick man. <laughs> That's all you gotta tell him. Now, if I was seriously gonna bring someone in here, I think... Uh, I want Peter Dinklage. Davos. Peter Dinklage, yeah. Davos or Peter Dinklage? Mm-hmm. One of them, yeah. They have some good stuff, too. Uh, good insight. Ned Stark. I feel like he'd give us some fatherly advice. Even Lord Baelish. Lord, you want Lord Baelish in here? Just let the pick his trust brain. Let the pick his brain. Yeah. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. <laughs> no, uh, no, not rest in peace. That guy was a piece of shit. He was a bad man. Yeah. <laughs> he was a conniving man. <laughs> but, I, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with Game of Thrones. I mean, I think there's definitely a way. It's a very uh, profitable IP. Mm-hmm. But I will say, like, they just. They did not stick the landing with that. There's, yeah, there's definitely life beyond the wall, and I, I guess I'm very excited to see what they do with it going forward. Yeah, I uh, we will we will see where they take it. Yeah, a lot of prequels, but it's uh, it's a big property for HBO. Absolutely. So it's a good episode, Dave. The fourth episode of Post Credit Brews. Uh, yeah. Any final thoughts. Not a, yeah. Just as I said we're. We're here. We're having a good time. Post Twitter Bruce episode four, and hopefully, we're, and not hopefully, we're definitely going to be doing some more. It's gonna be good. Yeah, yeah we, we got some good stuff planned for you guys. Um, coming up this month, we're gonna have a Doctor Sleep review. We're gonna be reviewing Ford versus Ferrari. Um, one thing Dave and I plan on doing too is just a Disney Plus review too. Yeah, so, we're, uh, we're going to let you know if it's worth actually buying. Mm-hmm. We convinced someone to give us their login, and we're going to give you the deep discussion on whether or not you should it. spend the money yeah. on it. I'm really excited for Disney+, mm-hmm. Plus, to be honest. Yeah. But we will let you know if it's worth it. Or yeah, I think we're, I think we're still in the works of doing a, we're planning a field trip this, this month for uh, the Irishman. We want to see the Irishman in New York. So we are going to uh, keep you guys posted on that, too. Very exciting stuff. So and we before so before we we sign off, I just want to give a shout out to the the Pals Tap House softball team, which I'm a part of. Um, yeah. We started we we developed this team last year. We never won a game. We came back came back this year, and we we went not only went to the championship one year and, and lost, but we also went to the uh, the semifinals and the preceding uh, seasons. 
or sessions rather, sp- of fall, spring, summer. Mm. And um, we, did, we just ended, so I just wanted to give a shout out to everybody. And uh, now we'll go next time. Yeah. No, I, you're really, uh, you really like being on that softball team. It's a great, group, it's a great a group of guys. Um, so. Free advertising here, pals, tap house, good food, good beer, good people. Sponsor post credit brews too. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, thanks for uh, thanks for listening to this episode, guys. I am Matt, and I'm Dave, and this has been post credit brews. We will see you next time. Thanks for joining us.